Hey, welcome back to Everyday Economics, the podcast that you learn about the economic world happening around you every day. I'm your host, Chris Krug, president of the 501c3 nonprofit, nonpartisan Franklin News Foundation. Everyday Economics is a production of America's Talking Network. You can subscribe to all of our podcasts at americastalking.com. To support Everyday Economics, please make your tax-deductible charitable contribution by clicking the link in the show description. We are recording this episode on Friday, January 5th, and joining me, my partner, Dr. Orfe Devangi, PhD economist. Dr. O, what's cooking? Hey, how you doing, Chris? Things are good. Things are good. Uh, it's a new year. I spent over the holiday break, you know, I sneaked in some time off. I probably consumed a sickening amount of uh, of social media, just kind of catching up on things that people had sent me. Like, hey, take a look at this video. Hey, read this story. You know, yada, yada, yada. And so- one of the things that I saw that I shared with you was this interview of Grant Cardone, uh, who's a you know pretty well-known uh, inv- investor, real estate investor. He does a lot of television work, and um, I think he has a, a pretty large following. I don't really know a whole lot about Grant Cardone. I I, I certainly don't know him personally, and I'm, I wouldn't feel comfortable you know promoting him or criticizing him in the, in any way. But he did an interview on Fox in the in the middle of December that seems to like kind of caught fire with a, a lot of people who are in that YouTube pundit class that, you know, that they'll take clips of, you know, somebody like a Grant Cardone, you know, who's got a higher profile, who, you know, talks about investing or the real estate market or investing in the real estate market, which is, I think, really kind of his center square. But um, there were some things in this Fox interview that, you know, when I shared this video with you and, and asked you, like, wait, what do you think about this? And you were like, well, hold on, that seems kind of contradictory. So not intending to do a takedown on Grant Cardone necessarily, but every so often you and I try to hit the pause button, look at what people are talking about and not to say it's right or wrong necessarily, but to just discuss it. In this case, however, you're you're saying that the basis of this viral push around what Grant Cardone has said is just not well, I mean, just, yeah, it doesn't doesn't line up. He went on Fox News and said a bunch of rubbish. Let's let's just be honest. I mean, nothing against the guy; he's good at what he does. But you know, fundamentally, yes, the Fed doesn't necessarily. Well, let me say what he let me let me say what he said. Let's start. Let's there. create some context, right? So, in this interview that he did on Fox, and this is you know from a story that got uh, published at FoxNews.com, it says I just want to say that we're entering the greatest real estate correction in my lifetime. And this is on Fox and Friends. That it was later spun up into a story on uh, foxnews.com. This is Grant Cardone saying this. It's, and he, by that he means the real estate correction, is going to be a great opportunity for ind- individuals, regular everyday people, to grab a trophy real estate from institutions. This has never happened in the country. It's going to be at epic levels, he said. He went on to say, it's unaffordable for people to own a home today was sort of shifting gears in this story about the actually the affordability. So the, you say that the market is going to be bountiful, there's going to be opportunities. But he's saying it's unaffordable for people to own a home today. And he blamed the Federal Reserve for that, for quote unquote, single-handedly killing the housing market with interest rate hikes. And, and, he, and he said as a, as a quote, Grant Cardone said, he, meaning Fed Chairman uh, Jerome Powell, has not controlled inflation. He has failed miserably. What he has actually done is created and, in the meantime, stopped the housing industry. Interest rates will have to come down in order for pricing to come down. 
This is actually a contradiction to what most people think. But when interest rates come down, mortgage applications will go up and people will start selling their homes. And he had said that to Rachel Campus Stuffy on, on Fox and Friends. So, yeah, well, look, first of all, I have to say, the last ha- the last part of this is okay. You know, like if interest rates come down, people will start selling their home. Okay, sure. But what he forgets is that lower interest rates also stimulate demand. And in fact, lower interest rates have a larger impact on demand than supply. In other words, you lower interest rates, you get a big boost in housing demand, and you get a small increase in housing supply, a smaller than the increase in demand. And so as a result, lower interest rates actually cause inventory to decline and prices to increase. Uh, and so it's completely the opposite of what Grant was uh, claiming uh, on Fox News. And then the and then and so that's the real mechanism. And then and then of course, you could argue that in an environment where interest rates tumble, you could be faced with price declines. And well, this is basically what we saw during the global financial crisis, right? And previous major recessions, where basically you see price declines. Not because mortgage rates are lower, but because the economy was in trouble and the Fed had to lower interest rates, which caused, you hear, you see that price declines causing interest rates to decline and not the other way around. And so Grant Cardone has his, has his theory all mixed up. And again, it's, you know, he has to think about, you know, what's, causing what, right? He has this causation completely mixed up. And so, yes, could we see price declines in the housing market? Potentially, if the U.S. economy falls into a a recession, if we're in a big, big, big contraction, if we face some sort of financial banking crisis, potentially. But are we there or are we headed there? Fortunately for us, we are not we have the U.S. economy on a solid path, maybe even re-accelerating. Today, we got the jobs report showing employment increased even more than expected. The unemployment rate's a solid, tight 3.7%. Average hourly earnings growing at 4.1% year over year. And with inflation coming down, it means real purchasing power has actually increased. The consumer is in a better place I shouldn't say that he's ever been because uh, the consumer is in a better place maybe uh, in 2021, I guess, before inflation started surging higher. But we're in a solid place and the recession risk is receding. So it's really, really hard for me to hear the YouTubers and the pundits and the, 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 what do I call them, Chris? The charlatans of doom talk about things that they don't understand and, uh, and sadly, they have a lot of influence, right? They have millions and millions of followers who listen to the stuff and believe this stuff, but it's just do- it just doesn't make any sense. And so that's why that's why I think it was important to come and explain this. And as for the whether the Fed controls interest rates or not, look, the Fed is putting a floor on short term interest rates. And that's how it works. And so it does have a little control over short term interest rates. 
right? Short-term interest rates really respond to Fed policy. As for long-dated yields, they don't respond one-to-one with Fed policy. Long-dated yields are, uh, if basically depend on inflation and expected inflation, economic growth and expected economic growth. When you say long-dated, do you mean beyond a two-year? Long-dated, I, I, I'm talking about the 10-year. I'm talking about the three-year, the 10-year treasury. I'm talking about the 20-year, right, as well. And of course, mortgage rates. Mortgage rates are 30-year interest rate, right? And so that's what I mean by long-dated yields. And they really depend on where the market thinks inflation and and economic growth is going to be in the future. And so I guess if Gret was only talking about these long-dated yields, and by the way, to some extent, they're also influenced by Fed policy because they tend to rise above. These yields tend to rise above short-term yields. That's why the shape of the yield curve is the way it is. Occasionally, the yield curve gets inverted like it has been. And by the way, why is the yield curve inverted? The yield curve is inverted because the Fed raised interest rates. And so they had a strong influence on raising short-term yields above long-term yields. And so again, again, maybe Grant is not quite right on that either. But anyway, good luck to him. He's a successful billionaire investor. And uh, I'm only here to help out the everyday person with and uh, understand what's going on in the U.S. economy. And a lot of billionaires, let's be honest, a lot of billionaires, they don't really need to get in the weeds on this stuff. You know, if they have a lot of money and they get lucky enough, that interest rates are low enough for long enough. Uh, I mean, you see what happened just recently. The Fed signals interest rates are going to come down. The stock market soars to an all-time high. And so as long as you invested for long enough, uh, you can take advantage of these dips in interest rates and make a lot of money. Uh, and so, I'm telling you, it like the jobs report information this morning. As I, you know, sort of click clicked in just now as we were talking, markets on a markets on a roll. We're very hyper reactive to information. I think that that was kind of like sort of embedded in the conversation that we what we wanted to have about this is just how much influence some people have on the thoughts of others, you know, as when it comes to economics, I mean, it's almost like uh, wizardry on some level in the, in the minds of some. I just don't, I just don't want our audience to, I mean, look, if you, I, if we had this conversation a year ago, if you had listened to the doom and gloom prophets, right, you would have missed out on the increase, the increase in the stock market in 2023. You would have missed out on uh, the, the the fact that real estate kind of came surging, also uh, surging back, and I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about stocks, right? The whole the whole real estate category came surging back uh, at the end of 2023. You would have missed out on all that because uh, you would have been in the camp of oh my goodness, the housing market is crashing, right? So you know you got to know you got to pay attention to the right folks. You got to know what's going on so you don't miss out. You don't miss out. You don't stay left. You don't stay behind and get left in the dust. Remember, these billionaires, a lot of these billionaires are just invested all the time and they've been invested for a long, long, long time. And so and so they make money no matter what. You know, for people just on out, don't stay on the sidelines because you hear some uh, person 
on TV talk about a pending crash that hasn't materialized. I mean, we had people talking about a crash way back in 2017 on major news channels. Okay, we're talking about even CNBC. People talk about a housing market crash back in 2017 and 2018. Okay, so if you listen to those doom and gloom prophets, you would have missed out on a lot. You would have stayed on the sidelines and you would have been left in the dust. And so I say, please pay attention to the real news. And if you have any questions, we feel free to reach out to our team at Everyday Economics where we basically try to address this stuff and talk about what's really going on in the economy and what it means for your wallet. Appreciate the thoughts as always. For Dr. Worth A.D. Bungie, this has been Chris Krug. Subscribe to Everyday Economics and dozens of quality podcasts at americastalking.com.